So you're a dentist, eh? You're in the right place. This is the Canadian Dentist Podcast with Dr. Carlo Biasucci, where you'll get a truly Canadian approach to building a low-stress, highly profitable practice and live life on your terms. Learn more at TheElitePractice.com. The following is an excerpt from a recent members-only Q&A session. What are your thoughts on staff calling in sick, coming in late, or leaving early? How do you fix this issue? Hi, that's the culture module. So there is a very specific discussion about this in culture. Um, Again, very simply, when a person's behavior is disruptive, then we don't focus on the person when we have the conversation. We don't say that this person is lazy or they are whatever. The conversation as taught in the culture module is very simple, is a one-on-one discussion. Okay, Christine, when you show up late, it causes this and this, which upsets the patients and the team. I would appreciate if we could commit to coming in on time. That's it. I'm not going to call you lazy or disorganized or whatever. That's a personal attack, which we don't need. But we can deal with that discussion that way. Now, if you have that discussion five times and the person doesn't change, do we just leave it alone? Let's just keep going with this question, right? So what if the person doesn't change? They can't commit. They won't. Then their role might change. Maybe we become less dependent on that person. Maybe we have to turn them over because it sets a terrible example for the rest of the team. If it's okay for them, right? This usually, by the way, isn't your key player that's doing this. Usually it isn't your top employees, okay? So in those cases, this comes back to the 51580, the things that we've discussed many times in the program and in many of the Q&A sessions. So I won't belabor it here, but I'll just say this, that if you're accommodating your weak employees and your better employees are seeing that you're just willing to accommodate them no matter what, then why should they do what they're doing and work as hard as they're working? Right. right? So you're going to, by, by sweeping under the rug the issues of the weak employees, you are disincentivizing your better employees to perform at the level that they're performing. So again, the conversation is straightforward. It's in culture. To, to review it. You can see it there. If you've done that and you've done it a few times and the person isn't going to comply, then, you know, maybe it's time for a, a serious chat about whether they should work with you or not. Because you, you don't want to let them continue to be a problem. Because by the way, your best employees notice that. They notice it first. Because they're looking at everybody else wanting them all to be at the level that they're at. They typically would say, you know, why can't everyone just do this, right? Just work a little harder, just push a little bit more. Because then, you know, I mean, they have that work ethic. Not everyone does. Now, having said that, if there is an issue in this person's life that is causing this, then that maybe is a side discussion. Maybe this is a specific accommodation that we're allowing because of this thing for a limited time. Or we're going to change their role to allow for this to be the case. Right? But that needs to be addressed directly. We can't just let it happen as though it's not an issue because then the rest of the team is disincentivized. True. That's perfect. How did you run your strategic quarterly planning meetings? How did you pick the goals to move the practice forward? Okay, good question. So 
We run the strategic planning sessions exactly the way I do planning sessions with our clients today. Uh, exactly as you see in a team-driven practice. In fact, we just, you can just grab your team-driven practice binder and work through it again. Now, I would go through um, our past goals and I would have our current numbers and I would set targets for each of the areas. So in the team-driven practice, you have your low-hanging fruit, you have your um, accountability structure, you have your goals that you set already. I would look at all of those things and I would say, leadership, systems, training, marketing, big surprise. In each of these areas, how can we grow? What are the low-hanging fruit, right? From a leadership perspective, what can we grow? From a systems and training perspective, what can we grow? From a marketing perspective, what can we grow? How do I pick the number that we grow? Well, if we're at 50 new patients, maybe I want a 10% bump. And I say, well, let's get to 55, let's get to 60. But let's keep growing, right? Let's not just stop growing. If we're on a trajectory of growth, why would we stop growing, right? right? And, and again, it's just by incremental growth each quarter, then in two years or eight quarters, uh, you make a very big move in your business. Right. It's just focusing on those 90-day slots that, you know, all we need to do is these things. And usually you do them within 60 days, not 90 days. And if you keep winning like that every quarter, then it's, it's simple, right? So again, you just look at all of your statistics, all of your goals from last quarter. And if you hit them all, then add another 10%. Let's go get that. And watch what happens, right? Now, I wouldn't try to double them quarter to quarter. But I think you know, modestly 10% growth quarter over quarter is reasonable. And that's, this is again, how you see practices add 50% a year, like nothing, right. right? Because it's, you're just focusing on, like you take your, your quarterly growth and you chunk it down to the hourly change that you need and you see how small it is, right? right. And all we have to do is tweak this or this and we're there. And once the team sees how simple it is, then it's easy to get the result. You were very big on those. You never really missed any quarterly meetings or anything like that. It was always... Yeah, that's a good point. We never missed a quarterly meeting. They were very, very important because all the big ideas came up on those meetings. Mm -hmm. And we that's how you got things into place. So we learned early on that delegation on the fly does not work. If we want to introduce a big move, it has to be at a quarterly meeting. Why? Because we're all there, team leads, for the whole day. So... We have plenty of time to talk out. Will it work? Will it not work? Why? What issues might come up? What barriers? How can we break through those barriers? And we had this thinking process, right? To figure out how are we going to get there? And this is, again, what we teach in the team-driven practice section, right? And even when I do planning sessions with clients, the same things we work on. We go through those areas. Like, you know, how do we, whatever it happens to be that we want to grow, how do we level up what we're doing? And then just, Take that and chunk it down. What does that mean by week, by day, by hour, by unit of time in the schedule even? You know? And if it's just, all it means is the whole clinic has to produce 50 bucks more an hour for us to hit this target. Or we have to do you know, these things differently. Or we're going to bring in a marketing person to help us really get to the next level. And we follow our system to do that. Now you make big moves, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're trying to do it all in like monthly team meetings, when you're trying to tackle 10 different things, plus grow the practice, 
it gets lost in the mix because people are, are more interested in figuring out the solutions to their immediate problems. Whereas a quarterly planning process, you're off-site ideally, and people are, there's no distractions, the phones aren't ringing, patients aren't coming in, the hygienist isn't trying to get you for a check. Like, it's your day to focus just on the business. And that is critical because it gives you the, the, the headspace to think about growth, to think about, you know, what can we do bigger than what we are doing? And maybe I don't know how to do it, but I know that I, I, I know that I, we can do it. So maybe part of that process is to figure out, okay, who can help us achieve these things and what people do we need and what strengths do we need to build and what capacity are we missing? And if we want to do this, we'll grow short like two chairs. And so all those things come up, right? And we can start coming up with strategies. And then you see the whole team come together and pull those things together, pull those ideas together and figure out how we're going to implement them. Again, like you know the importance because we never skipped one and we always did them and they were always big movers. We always started with lofty goals and then by the end of it, it was like, this is possible. It's so true. It's possible because all it means is this change for you, this change for you, this change for you, and they were not big changes, right? Whereas if you just you know, show up January 1 and say, hey guys, guess what? We're going to do 50% more than last year. Okay, sure. And then everyone goes back and does what? Exactly what they did. In December, nothing changes because you haven't set it up, right? So again, back to your previous question about team leads. If the team leads are all present and excited, then they go back to their teams excited and they can motivate the teams to, you know, push that little extra or do this little thing differently or whatever, then that's why this structure works so well, right? Exactly. Because you have the leadership, which is the doctor creating with the leadership team the structure of what we're going to do next. And then from there, excuse me, the rest of the team then gets their directions and their motivation because leadership, again, starts above, right? It starts from the top. So if the doctor isn't engaged, then the leaders won't be engaged, right? So if the leaders aren't engaged, then the team won't be engaged. And if the team isn't engaged, the patients ultimately won't be engaged in the practice. And so everything falls apart if any one of those pieces are missed. So again, this is Leadership Workshop, which I'm sure you guys are well-versed in at this point. But that is a critical, critical thing. So the strategic planning, the quarterly planning, is an integral part of growth because you have four quarters in a year, four times to reset your targets. The biggest mistake that people make is having a January 1 planning for the year and don't do anything else because you're missing the ability to level up every quarter. Because it's not a small thing. And this is not like an intellectual exercise. Like, you know, we're just, we're just doing this for the sake of doing it. No. Because the team will see that every 90 days they achieve their goals. So what does that tell them? They can achieve their goals. Right. right? So they keep setting new goals. And they're willing to set the goals themselves even a little higher, a little higher, a little higher. Because they know that they can hit them. They now have this track record of success. And that's what drives the team forward. This is one of the key reasons why the leadership um, the strategic planning is so important. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Canadian Dentist Podcast. If you want to know how Dr. Biasucci tripled his practice in three years and cut his work week in half, request your free information kit at theelitepractice.com.